Hello, friends, and welcome to Wednesday Night Dinner. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Wednesday Night Dinner, the Catholic Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hall. Oh, gosh. Mm, and I am Chandler Sheetsley. And we are here with the Father Conrad. For yet another Catholic Church podcast. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> thank you. One number, number one, just want to start off. Thank you for being our editor and That's producer. Right, yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. I yeah. listened to you guys at one and a half speed and uh, <laughs> cut out the too many ums. So it's good. Mm. You know exactly what we'd sound like as chipmunks. Exactly. Mm. There you go. Exactly what you want. Indeed. So All why right. am I here? Well, we're going to be asking you a couple of questions today, but first we're going to start out with the high-low God moments. That's right. That's how this podcast starts. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you are the guest, so you should go first. Okay. So um, low, uh, all my po- all my high-low God moments start uh, circle around um, uh, my weekend. So I had to drive to New York this weekend, and I originally had a parking place reserved in New Jersey, and I was going to park mm. there. It was cheap, and I was going to take the train in. But when I got to the place where my parking space was supposed to be, I could not find a parking lot. (laughs) Oh, no. And I was driving in circles in horrible (laughs) Jersey City traffic, and I found this sketchy parking lot. I was like, this can't be it. It's not even on the right street. But that's where my GPS took me. And I was like, and so I drove in. There was no one at the gate. I drove in. There's no one there. There's no signs or anything. I was like, this can't be it. So I drove out of that, and I tried to find another one. I saw another one. That wasn't it. I ended up driving around. I hate driving in New York traffic. And so in the end, I ended up driving into Manhattan and parking for a lot of money at the hotel that my family was staying at. Oh, and uh, it was brutal. So that's a low. Um, the high was, of course, it was my sister's wedding. That's the reason I was going to New York. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, And I got to celebrate it as the priest, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And it was at St. Patrick's uh, Cathedral in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And it was just really beautiful. And, you know, having my whole family together, me and my, my brother-in-law's family, and uh, getting to have such a, you know, be a part of such a special moment. That was really mm-hmm. beautiful. And then God moment was there were a couple moments during that weekend where I randomly went into a chapel or a church in New York, and there was adoration going on. And it just, like, really brought a lot of peace and comfort from the Lord, um, especially as I'm trying to figure out what I was going to preach. And, and in the midst of all the hecticness of being in New York, like, being able to just go and sit in front of the blessed sacrament was really beautiful so awesome yeah oh that's incredible so beautiful we love that oh how about Mm. you chandler cool yeah so milo um so yesterday uh i was going out and about and i've been you know i pull my keys in and out of my pocket a couple times throughout the day to use my swipe and my keys um at some point during the day uh my swipe uh, fell off my keychain and no. I lost it. Um, so my low is that today I had to go and pay $20 to get a new swipe and deactivate my old one, mm. uh, which was unfortunate. I have since taken more precautions to tape my key, my swipe into my keys so that it does ah. not leave um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> it was just a little loose in the, the key holder. And that makes yeah. sense. Um, so my high actually, though, uh, I'm currently in a business class right now um, for one of my credits Fun. for a scholarship in practice. Um, and in this business class, uh, we 
are uh, in a simulation where we are s running a, uh, we are the CEOs of a Fortune 500 company, which we run. And so um, we're competing against 11 other students in the class, all anonymous. And the simulation simulates like you running a company and competing against other people. And it's really, really cool. And so every week, you have to have decisions in for what you have your product pricing as, your mm. advertising mm. budget, um, like what you're spending to charity and, and everything like that. And so every week you have to have that in and it simulates overnight um, and the results come in. And so we're on like, I don't know, week four or five of this. Uh, I'm currently in fourth place out of 12 Sweet. in my points. I made like... I don't know, $700 million in revenue this past year. If you want to share some of that with the CSU. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to them in V-Bucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was really awesome. I'm like super stoked about that. My, my business keeps growing. I'm like, oh, I'd be such a good CEO. And then I think about the <laughs> real world and I'd be like, I am such a terrible CEO. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then my God moment this week, um, this third, this past Thursday, uh, I just had a rough morning. I got some news I really just didn't want to hear, um, and like I was really frustrated about it. And not ten minutes later, like ten minutes after that, my mom sends me this really long text <laughs> about how her and my dad are just really proud of me and they love Aww. me so much. And I was like. God, I don't know what you're doing right now, but like you really watching out for me. <laughs> it was like, um, yeah, it just reminded me that like, um, yeah, like God uh, was just sending me a reminder of that my parents love me and like that God loves me, and and it really helped wash away a lot of my frustration for the day. So, mm. yeah, that's the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? How's your week been? Ah, uh, okay. Um, my low for this week, I'm feeling. I was I I haven't written down as I'm feeling behind on work, mm. but I it's more so I'm anticipating feeling behind on work. <laughs> I have a group project due on Friday, and this is just one of those weeks where um, the win to meet for my group, no one can meet at the same time. Aww. Like there's not one time where more mm. than two people can get together, out of a group of like six. Mm. Um, and so I'm more so just like anticipating that being a little bit rough, but sure we'll get through it. It's due on Friday. After that, it'll be good. Um, my high, um, I spent a lot of time with just friends this past weekend, um, got to celebrate a couple of their birthdays, um, which was just really fun. And then, yeah, I spent most of Saturday just with, um, a group of people who I don't typically get to hang out with that, that often. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was really awesome to like see them again and like really get to spend time with them. Um, and yeah, it was like one of those things where it was like, ah. Oh, Yes, like I didn't get to see you like really at all because of COVID last year. Like a lot of people were at home or just kind of scattered. And like this was really like the reunion, um, even though it's been a little while of the mm. semester. Would you say it was a renaissance? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was a different day. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Renaissance Festival was on Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, but that, w that was also quite fun. I talked about that in another episode, or I will be talking about that, depending on when these get Man, posted. The time travel is but. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing we can do here. We do time travel. <laughs> yeah, by <laughs> that's the grace the of God, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my high. And then my God moment. Um, oh, okay. So something I've been like 
I don't know, just being more like paying more attention to um, coming off of like the Theology of the Body retreat. Um, it's just kind of like when I'm going outside, just being more, I don't know, like present and aware of like around me and like, I don't know, I guess more so like the idea of like harmony with like creation um, and just like, I don't know, mm. like looking around College Park and being like, oh, this is just this is just so beautiful and like taking a moment like on my walks and stuff to like really thank god for that um and yeah it's been a really solid way to start off kind of my mornings as i'm like walking across campus and usually kind of late um (laughs) but it like forces me to slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. and you know really take that time to uh start off on the right foot kind Mm -hmm. of deal um but yeah i would say that's probably my god moment for this week sweet that's awesome but yeah so father conrad like we said, we're going to be asking you some questions. Okay. Before this, though, um, we are, I think, planning on having this episode air the week before um, a post-Wednesday night dinner event. Could you, would you mind talking a little bit more about that? Yeah. So every month, we're trying to have an opportunity for people to ask questions. They can ask questions anonymously through a little box that we have sitting out. Right now, it's tucked away behind a, a, a poster, but I'll put that <laughs> out in front. But a little box, uh, you can write, fill in a card and put your question in, and I'll answer it. Or in person uh and so after once a month after wednesday night dinner um there's just an opportunity to ask any kind of questions you have about the faith and of course you can always come and ask questions for me if you'd if you'd rather ask a question in private or something like that where it's a little more tricky but i think part of the reason there's a line from fulton sheen i think where he says you know millions of people hate what they think the catholic church is but not that many people actually know what the catholic church teaches (laughs) and 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 hate it Mm -hmm. so you know there's we have so many misconceptions and things like that and it can be hard and if that's just what it is then then it's tough for us to actually engage with the truth and so the goal is to really allow people to to get their questions answered hopefully Mm -hmm. in a way that's helpful and and usable so Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome that's great i think then we can kind of start that off today and just ask a couple just to start it. Where yeah, are these absolutely. questions coming from? These questions are coming Are they from, from my enemies? Because <laughs> if they're from my enemies, then... Would you define us as your enemies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you're being used by my enemies, then <laughs> that, that's, that, you know, that's, that's the start. Do so. you have enemies, Father Conrad? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. This is Father Conrad's undercover. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the entire University of Notre Dame is my enemy, but, you know, like, that's, uh, oh, that's, that's just a football tea. rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. <laughs> you're so you're telling first. me we need to get in contact with a chaplain from the University of Notre Dame to have that's him right, send that's the right, questions. That's right. That's okay. <laughs> Note taken. And I, had, I had a friend in sem- one of my good friends in seminary. Uh, we decided our first. We lived two doors down from each other, and we decided our first year that we were going to be arch nemeses. <laughs> so he's a priest in Salt Lake City, and uh, so every time I go see my parents, we hang out, and it's always like, "Man, my nemesis, <laughs> Father Joe Delka, is my nemesis." And we're gonna take him down <laughs> so great oh that's hilarious <laughs> oh, okay that's what questions you got you want to start off start off Jamie? sure yeah so what uh what has been like your favorite question to be asked as a priest that's a really hard question i really like ones where i can go into obscure historical stories that are really awesome so like um you know uh the the story about pope nicholas the first and and the bulgars and and why christians can wear pants like that's a great story <laughs> wait hold why on um, christians <laughs> can wear pants? Yeah. i don't think i've heard that one could, could you i'll make this my first question 
could you tell that yeah so, story? so <laughs> um pope nicholas um that's just on my mind it's uh, uh, but pope nicholas got a letter of questions from uh ivan the khan of the bulgars or maybe it's boris the khan of the bulgars i think it's boris and it was this is like the 800s the 700s maybe and he, Boris was thinking about becoming Catholic, but he had some questions first. He wrote like 120 questions. Oh, my gosh. Pope Nicholas responded to all the questions. And some of them were really deep theological. But one of them was, you know, we notice most Christians don't wear pants, but uh, Bulgars, we do wear pants. <laughs> like, so if we become Christian, do we have to stop wearing pants? And Pope Nicholas writes back like this awesome little little paragraph, which is like, course you can wear pants it doesn't matter really what you wear you can wear pants men can wear pants Wing women can wear pants for us mainly it's men that wear pants but you do you and he's like what what's most important is that you put on spiritual pants spiritual uh, yeah <laughs> which are the virtues of temperance and chastity that enable us to to, to live spiritually fruitfully you know and it's just like oh it's so awesome like how great is that you know you put on your spiritual, pants. Put on your nope. spiritual pants yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so great so yeah for everyone that's listening if you're catholic you can in fact wear you pants you can wear pants pope nicholas the first said it definitively <laughs> very, yeah. good, very good i'm glad that was confirmed this was a very yeah. gray area for me and i'm so glad it's been cleared up uh, you can wear any you can wear things other than kilts now yeah exactly so go. on the opposite end of that what's the strangest question you've been asked as a priest oh gosh i mean the one i said last time was um uh, which is what second graders ask, tend to ask, which is usually around stuff that you wear. So like, you know, what do priests wear for pajamas and things <laughs> like that? And like the answer I always give is, you know, footy onesie with, with a clerical collar, you know, all black. <laughs> but um, so that's one. I'm trying to think like uh, there's nothing that really comes to mind off mm. the top of my head, but there's usually some weird ones out there which are really interesting. So, oh, yeah. It's hard to navigate those, I can imagine. <laughs> I feel like the, you've gotten some interesting ones from the band Bible Study. Oh, band Bible Study gives me all oh, my best yeah. questions. Yeah, that's yep. great. That's great. Yeah. No, I that, love those. Yeah, there's there's some like really interesting ones, weird ones that St. Thomas addresses. Like, can you use can cheese be made into the Eucharist? Like, no, it can't. You know, like <laughs> things like that that are they're in the Summa, which I'm like, yeah, that, that, those kinds of things are there. Mm. So yeah. Very interesting cheese. I'm curious of who asked that. I don't know, but it was several hundred years ago. <laughs> uh, okay, switching over to a bit more of like a serious mm -hmm. uh, question. Uh, not serious, but like not the strangest question. But was there a particular moment that made you like exceptionally proud to be a priest? Ooh, um, usually when um, something good happens or someone who um, I've been working with or been praying for uh, – you know, takes a big step in their life or enters mm -hmm. seminary or something like that. There's been a couple moments like that where there's just been a real breakthrough or there's been like, you know, they're, they're just living their life really fully in the faith. And, and I get to see like the providence of God and I get to be like, oh my gosh, I got, I took part in that in some way. And that's really beautiful for me, for any priest. That's why we do it in a certain mm -hmm. sense. Oh, besides the fact that God calls you and you want to serve him. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, like, people who I've worked with for a long time in spiritual direction or um, who have struggled through things that are very difficult again and again and again. And then finally I see the Lord like kind of make that breakthrough for them. Um, yeah. Those are, those are the moments that I just really love being a priest. That's sort of like spiritual fatherhood mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Or That's like, so cool. like one of my longtime spiritual directees, I, um, I uh, was, I celebrated her wedding and baptized her first son, uh, child, her daughter. And, and, like, that was really beautiful and, like, proud moment for me, too. You know, like, mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So switching over to more 
uh, church-related mm-hmm. questions. Um, can you tell me why do we sing sometimes at Mass? Like, there are some Masses that we do sing at, some Masses we don't. Mm. Sometimes the priest just decides to sing sometimes. Yeah. Just, like, why? Well, so ideally, we should be singing a lot more than we do. If you go okay. to an Eastern Rite Mass, uh, it's, like, all chanting. Everything's chanting. Really? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nerd out a little bit here <laughs> and just go a little Please bit do. deeper go than you Please do. Go ahead. Oh, yes. So, so our liturgy, um, if we go back in history comes from what we call the high mass and in the high mass everything was chanted and sung Mm -hmm. and if you still go to an extraordinary form high mass these days you'll see that everything is chanted and sung the the gospels chanted the epistles chanted all the prayers are chanted the the gloria everything's chanted and it's that's the way it was supposed to be like the the we sing because the words we're trying to say um are not enough to express our joy and our love for God. Like, mm. you can't not mm-hmm. sing them. Like, the gospel's too good to just read. It has to be chanted. Mm. Oh. And um, because song conveys something more than just words, spoken words, you know? Like, it conveys something deeper and more beautiful. That's why people who are in love tend to write, like, I mean, cheesy people who are in love tend to write <laughs> songs for each other, right? You know, because e- poetry, conve- like, poetry conveys more and, and then song has to be used. Mm. Um, so what happened, though, is uh, those are kind of hard to do. And especially uh, when we as America were a mission country, there was less of the resources to be able to do a, put together a, a chanted high mass. Though it was still kind of always said, like, that's what it should be. And so what proliferated were what were called low masses. And in low masses, especially with Irish priests, this was the time of the tradition, <laughs> like the low mass was very silent. And everything mm-hmm. was said very quietly, and you kind of rushed through it. And you, if you go to one today... Um, it's tough to follow along because even that like everything is very very quiet and um and and said very and spoken very quickly and and so uh, there was a dispensation given by pope pius the 12th i think or maybe it was uh, pius the 11th to um to allow the congregation at least to sing hymns during the mass but that was a kind of a dispensation like the goal is to sing the actual words of the mass mm-hmm. um and so the second vatican council wanted to bring back that spirit of like we're, we're, we should be chanting, we should be singing, we should be singing specifically the, the words of the Mass, the yeah. psalms, mm-hmm. the prayers, the readings, um, in order to like bring that authentic liturgical expression that's from the beginning of the church back. Um, and if you think about it too, like Jewish services, they were all chanted as well, you mm-hmm. know, and so that's, that's kind of where we're supposed to be at. And so all that's a long story short saying like we should be chanting more, and it's just sometimes people aren't ready for it, and so I operate, at least as a priest, and, and I think a lot of priests do this, under, a s- under what's called progressive solemnity, which means days that are more solemn uh, or more special, more should be sung. And days who are just normal days, you know, maybe if we sing things a little bit more simply or we, we sing less. Mm. And so, like, Sunday, 10 a.m., the goal is to sing as much as we can, right? Mm-hmm. And same thing, like Sunday Mass, Sunday's the big day. If it's a special feast day, I do even more. I try to chant the gospel. Like when we do, all God willing, when we do Good Friday this year, we're going to try and chant the Passion because it sh- should be chanted. It's oh. one of the, ho- the biggest days, you know. Oh. So yes. stuff like like it, that's that's kind of how I at least do things. But we also have to get to a point where we're all comfortable singing because it's got to mm-hmm. be all of us participating in it and um, sure. learning slowly but surely what it means and, and getting used to those things. But there's there's you know there's. Uh, the Eastern churches call us like the silent right in a certain <laughs> sense because we don't we don't sing as much as we should, you know, and, and I think that that's something we can slowly work on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. I didn't Sweet. know that. 
That's so um, cool. Speaking of like feast days and I don't know, like different types mm -hmm. of masses and stuff um, kind of leads into the next question we had. But what is the liturgical calendar? And like, can you give like a summary of each section? Because I feel like I, I remember mm. from like CCD in elementary yeah. school, like an oval that was drawn <laughs> that's on the, the typical, board. That's the typical. Yeah. And like, I know you like there's different colors yeah. for like different times of the year, but like. Yeah, could you just give a little summary on that? Totally. And in fact, I am the one who writes out the book that lays out all the feast days for the archdiocese. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Wow. The new book's coming out soon. I'm really Ooh. stoked. It's called The Ordo, and The Ordo is what you check <laughs> to see, um, like, okay, what color am I wearing today? What prayers am I saying? All those different mm. things. So liturgical year is basically, like, it's the year, uh, like, you know, we as, we as human beings need this kind of calendar of feasting and fasting. Like, we need to celebrate. We need joy. And then we prepare for that joy by fasting mm -hmm. is basically it. And it starts with just, you know, following the cycle of the Lord's life. And so the first feast on the calendar really was Easter. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously the earliest feast. And then very early on, we started preparing for it by fasting. And so originally it was one day, then it was three days, then it was, you know, seven days, then it was 40 days. And, um, uh, and those 40 days don't count the Sundays just from the beginning. So that's not an exce <laughs> a weird exception. Um, so Lent kind of developed from Easter. And mm -hmm. then the same thing happened with Christmas. Christmas is a later edition, but like certain preparation went into that. And then as the martyrs, you know, died, the church would celebrate certain, they would celebrate masses at their tombs to celebrate them and to, to honor them. Mm -hmm. And so the, the calendar of saints kind of developed. But mm -hmm. so basically what we have today is I'll, we'll just start at the beginning the beginning of the liturgical year is coming up it's close to liturgical new year so it's the first sunday of advent Ad advent is four weeks it's purple because it's a penitential season we're mm -hmm. preparing in expectation for the joy of christmas and penance is always there to prepare our hearts for the to receive the joy and so we cut back mm -hmm. on certain things and we prepare for for the coming of the lord so we were purple during that time. We have one pink Sunday in, in, in Advent, of <laughs> course. It's Gaudete cool. Sunday, where we lighten up the penance a little bit. So we lighten up the purple from purple to pink um, <laughs> and, uh, or to rose. I mean, technically is what you say, rose. And then, um, so then Christmas. Uh, and so, so we usually big feast days get what we call an octave, which is we don't, it's not enough to just celebrate one day. We got to celebrate eight days. <laughs> and so um, that's what Christmas has. Christmas has an octave, the Christmas octave. And each one of those days, it's like it's Christmas. And so we should be celebrating each of those days as if it was Christmas. Even the most random one, like Thursday in the octave of Christmas. Like, <laughs> no, you should be getting your Christmas cookies and oh, you should be yes. doing that stuff. Like, uh, you should celebrate. And then hmm. um, the next big cycle, of course, is Easter. So when Easter falls, you know, we, we have... 40 days of Lent leading up to that. And then we have 50 days of Easter. We have an Easter octave, and then the season of Easter continues all the way to Pentecost. And so we do purple again, and there's one pink Sunday uh, where, we, where we lighten the fast a little bit, and then um, a whole 50 days full of white vestments. And in between, and the, this time varies, we have green days, which we are just like ordinary. The, the time, the, 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 what we all say is ordinary time, but really <laughs> it's, it's not it's not ordinary in the sense of like, it's just normal. It's ordinary in the sense of ordinal, like you're counting Sundays basically. Mm. Okay. So, um, so it's like in the, in the Latin, it's the season of the year is what it's called. And this is just the normal cycle of things. Um, and so that we have a little section of that between Lent, uh, Advent and Lent or between Easter and, and Lent, sorry, between Christmas and Lent. And then we have a long stretch of that through the summer, which is what we're in right now. Mm. And that kind of brings us through the normal reading cycle of, of reading all the, right now we're in the, the year of Mark, and 
and then we punctuate that with different feast days. So, you know, big moments in the, the life of our Lord or of Our Lady or of the saints, and they get different colors. So you get red. Uh, we wear red vestments for um, Holy Spirit or for the martyrs. We wear white vestments for saints who aren't martyrs. We wear purple for fasting and uh, for penance, and then we wear uh, um, green if it's just an ordinary day. Mm. So hmm. Does that answer your question? That does answer my question. Wow. Okay, good. That's uh, significantly more detailed than the oval. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, if you read that oval a little closer, you'd be able to see it a little bit more detail. But yeah. oh, I did not yeah. read it very close. The Archdiocese Ordo is for sale now. You can find it on adw.org. So oh. if you want to just search for Ordo, if you want to buy a copy for yourself um, to check what feast day it is, uh, you can do that. So There you go. Written by and authored <laughs> by Father Conrad himself. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. There's That's some awesome. good details in there, too. So. That's awesome. Cool. Chandler, you want to get the, the last question we have for yes. Father Conrad? Mm -hmm. So there's this artifact that I've always heard about and I really don't know much <laughs> about. Mm -hmm. So what is the Holy Grail and oh. why is it so important? Well, so the Holy Grail is the ceremonial cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper. Mm. And then part of the legend of the Holy Grail is that like it was also carried to the cross and, and Mary Magdalene used it to catch the blood of Christ from the cross as well. Mm. But um, it's location, things like there's a church in Spain that says they have it. And, you know, we're, we're not really sure about that. It's not like the Shroud of Turin, which is a lot more scientifically well attested to. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, basically it's it, it's the, the first chalice used for the first mass, uh, you might say. And, and you'd see in, in a Jewish Passover Seder meal, like they would have used a, a special chalice, a special uh, 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 goblet for it. And um, uh, so it's not just like necessarily like uh, in, in Indiana Jones, like, oh, it's the <laughs> cup of a carpenter. He chose, <laughs> he chose poorly, you know. But they would have used something special because it's a special, it's the, the height of their, um, of their calendar, their liturgical calendar. And, uh, you know, but that's, that's basically what the Holy Grail is. Um, if you want like a little bit more legit, you go to the Shroud of Turin, which is the burial cloth that covered Jesus. And mm. that like, there's all sorts of really cool things about that and the history of it and, and, and what we can know about it and what it reveals about Jesus. And, and like the case for it is really quite good. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So that's awesome. If you want to hear more about the Shroud of Turin, you should come to the next Wednesday night dinner Q and a session and, and ask, ask that about question. It. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Quick little plug for next time. Yeah, so that's uh, the next questionnaire is uh, November, November 3rd. 3rd. November 3rd, yeah. Yes, wow. awesome. Super cool. All right. Y'all, before we wrap up, we just want to plug our voicemail box yet again. Um, let me pull up the phone number here. I have it written down. Um, the phone number for that is 301-458-0592. Call in. Please leave your high, low, and your God moment. We would love to hear from you. And uh, eventually make an episode, just like listening to them, responding to you guys, and mm -hmm. yeah, include you all in the yeah. podcast. So far, only Chandler's called in. So. <laughs> We've gotten a couple more calls. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it might have been someone else impersonating me. I, I really don't know who it could have been, Oh, though. okay, gotcha. <laughs> it was Father Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? Who said that? <laughs> not me, not me. Oh, uh, well, y'all... Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Wednesday Night Dinner. I've been your host, Sarah. And I've been Chandler. And I am uh, <laughs> Father Conrad, I guess. <laughs> uh, it works. <laughs> All right, y'all. Oh. See you next time. See you guys. No, you won't. This is a podcast.
Yep. Um, Ready? We are starting. <laughs> <laughs> um. Three, two, one. Okay, here's the actual three, <laughs> two, one.